Well, the other day I caught up with a dear friend of mine in Shrewsbury and we had dinner together and we were just, um, I mean, known each other for, gosh, the best part of 20 years and, and lots of different chopping and changing in our career. We we're just talking about how, you know, it's not an easy path uh, to have a career these days where in my dad's day, he joined Barclays and worked for Barclays for the rest of his working life. Now, I think we have three, four, five years with an organization and either they or we want to leave and move on. And how easy is that transition? from one to the other. Well, to talk about this, um, very uh, kindly, Simon Gilchrist has agreed to join the show. So Simon, welcome to Open for Business here on NLive Radio. And um, firstly, well, are you ready for Christmas, I guess? <laughs> Adrian, hi, thank you for having me. Um, very good to be here finally, after being pestered for how many years to come on the show with you. Um, ready for Christmas? No, not at all. I'm one of the classic middle-aged man who will turn up to the shops at about four o'clock on Christmas Eve, which is a bit of a problem this year, given it's a Sunday, and I think those hours apply. But um, yeah, now I've, uh, I, I'm able to focus on it, I think, so I'm optimistic I'll be, I'll be all right. Now, you've had an interesting year, um, but let's just go back perhaps to you know what is a very stellar career in many ways. You were a good student at school. Um, you got into Oxford. You, I think, played rugby for Oxford. So, you know, all the right sort of uh, background for going into um, into corporate life. But just give us a quick overview of the sort of different types of contexts that you've worked in since you graduated from Oxford. Yeah, so my first job on graduating was teaching. Um, I had a languages degree, you know, a fairly traditional literary one. Um, I, my, my first plans joining the army, I really wanted to be an army officer. That was my only dream, my only ambition at that point. But I actually felt the medical, um, which came as quite a shock quite late on. And, and I hadn't really worked on plan B. I hadn't done the the, the graduate careers thing around the milk round. Um, being a linguist on the year abroad, it's quite tricky to organise um, the you know internships and placements the, the summer before your final year. Um, and I sort of accelerated a long-term sort of idea of, of doing teaching at some point later in the career. Um, and doing that straight away. So I actually, yeah, I taught Spanish in one of our leading public schools for four years. Um, and uh, it was actually from that point that you and I met, did we not? That, That's um, right. That's right. A parent of, of a boy who I coached rugby and, and taught Spanish to, uh, who I got to know very well on rugby tours at the bar mainly, um, which seems to be a, a recurring thread through my career. But he liked the look of me. I was interested in what he was doing. I was looking for a change, anything a bit restless. And um, he took me into his small business turnaround world. And um, the first business he, he asked me to, to work on, work with, was uh, to come to work for you on, on Select Spain importing Spanish food. Gosh. And we're talking about something like 2005, six, seven, indeed, when my wife yeah, and I ju- had. Ju- yeah. Precisely. Yeah, July 2006. Oh, gosh, you remember the date indeed. So my wife and I were importing Spanish foods. Margarita is uh, Spanish, and we'd sort of set up a business, which originally was to be a hobby business for my wife. But in the end, you know, I dived into it because my corporate uh, career had taken a turn, um, having left an organization prematurely. But, you know, they went through a takeover and, and the whole European board was uh, was moved on, and I was one of them. Um, so we had Spanish food, and of course, Simon is brought as a bright young man, good at you know, multitasking, good at spreadsheets, analysis, etc., and a Spanish speaker. So, uh, what you know, what more could we have asked for? No, Simon. <laughs> well, you know, I think the very fact that we're 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 still connected, we're still close, tells you that that was a, an ideal match and and, and worked well. Um, and I, I did enjoy that period, didn't I? At that time of 
working with you guys and looking at some of the other businesses um, in that organization to help turn out. Isn't it an incredible business education working with you guys and, and other colleagues? Yeah, considering you didn't come from a, a traditional business background, as you say, a linguist, you enjoyed the food and the wine and what wasn't to enjoy in terms of the products that we were handling. And really, you know, that we're talking about large corporates, but you, you sort of learned about business at the real sharp end, small business, struggling business at times, but some of the disciplines that we had to learn together or work through, I think, you know, and I look back very fondly on those days as well, A, for our friendship, but B, for, you know, when in adversity, you usually learn most, don't you? Absolutely. I, you know, I, it was hands-on, wasn't it? It, it was, I was in the warehouse one moment, I was on the phone to a supplier in Spain the next, you know, we'd be going to customers in London, um, you know, I'd be looking at marketing, at branding. You know, the beauty of that experience being a small business is you're exposed to all the functions, uh, and and you get your hands dirty. It's not just as I later did on an MBA, where yeah, you study cases and you get into it intellectually. It's not the same as actually living it and and doing it yourself. No, indeed. Well, that business sort of had to took it take a you know a change. We changed it from importing to being a broker, made it a lot simpler. We weren't handling stock. I joined the university. So um, where where did you go next from Select Spain? Yeah, so there was, there was a period you know working in that turnaround consultancy, and and I split my time across a number of companies, and and one of those was a logistics firm that was was really going somewhere that that was exiting the sort of turnaround context and very much into growth, um, and I ended up taking a permanent full time position with them as a general manager and a, a director, um, and had a very exciting time for about three years. You know, fast moving, fast growing. I really rode that sort of discount retail boom um, around the, the the credit crunch period of the late two thousands, um, and grew exponentially. You know, from sort of twenty people to one hundred and fifty within two and a half years, um, from a loss making to break even to, to seriously profitable. In you know, expansion of the warehouse two or three times, um, and it was you know, it was a fascinating time for me to apply all of those those lessons I'd learned in turnaround. And put in structures and processes and systems, and you know, be responsible for things like like uh, you know, creating HR as a function and, and legal representation, and um, you know, putting policies and protocols in place to make sure we were compliant to get accreditation, um, to put IT systems in, which was really the sort of first time I formally got involved in in project work was at that time. Um, so again, you know, a real privilege to work in in an organisation that that is on that that growth curve. Um, you know, especially with what I experienced subsequently, or being in much bigger businesses, um, you know, not not necessarily so much growth. Now, so before we go on to the next phase, which takes us into large corporates, what what had you learned about yourself during this time in terms of skill sets? And I mean, like, languages tend to be left brain. You know, here we are talking about processes and project management on the on the right hand brain. So, well, what were you learning about yourself in terms uh, as as you were going through these experiences? Yeah, it was an interesting time in that, I think. And I can remember, actually, the same conversation with you um, about this kind of the topic. I think you were surprised that, that my natural preference at that, that early career stage was for the for the structured, logical, you know, for um, finance and for operations. Um, and it was as if I sort of needed the, the, the safe harbor, the, the secure anchor of, of structure and clarity and, and, and your work around marketing and strategy and, and the bigger ideas piece, I I was less comfortable with and, and less interested in. Um, I think you know, I've always had that side. I, yes, I did end up 
doing a literary degree, an art subject. But I was doing maths A level. I could have gone the science route. It was largely, I think, just the, the teachers that inspired me, really, the, the stories and ideas that got me going. So it was kind of nice to, to rebalance myself at that period in career and, and connect with that that other side of my uh, my nature. Mm. So what happened next? Well, that that organisation kind of it reached a, a scale in a kind of plateau. I think my um, my work, I choose to say my work is done, but I, I've always taken the kind of consultancy approach that you know, I'm not looking to create a role for myself forever. I don't really want to do steady state work. It's not kind of interesting enough for me. I'm much more interested in 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 either sorting out a problem, sort out a mess, or or creating something new, designing something from scratch so that it runs and. And the, the people and structures and systems that were in place were running. And I had a, a sense of that I was becoming redundant and I was getting restless and bored. I don't know, you, you probably feel the same thing yourself. You get this sort of itch at times when it, you, know, you just recognise it's time for a change, it's time to move on. Um, and so I, I exited that. I, I, I took some cash out because I was in a lucky position of being a, being a shareholder. Um, and I could afford then to, 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 to commit to an MBA and, and take the first of what's now two career breaks. So I had a few months, I got married, I moved house. Um, I started this, I can be at Warwick. Um, and, you know, then I started applying for, you know, bigger corporate jobs. And one came along eventually. Now this, this executive MBA and Warwick's a very good university, a top university, MBA, Masters in Business Administration. You know, I have mine from uh, yesterday in Barcelona. I think the world of that qualification from, certainly from, you know, the good schools. University of Northampton, we do some very good MBAs as well. Um, was that key to getting the large corporate job, do you think, or was it the experience? Prior experience. I think, you know, I think in balance, it has to be everything. I think in terms of my confidence um, and my, you know, my, having the support from a university in terms of career service, um, having some of the... Um, some of the language more, the ideas, the frameworks that you get from, from studying at that formal level, that definitely helped. Um, but it was more specifically my logistics experience that that opened that door. Um, and it was ultimately through a recruitment consultant in Birmingham, working for one of the big firms who specialised in, in logistics. Um, and it was me you know, knocking on his door, really, and, and pushing myself in front of him that, that got that, that lead in and, and that opportunity. Um, because one little curiosity about, about that role, about me in general, is that I didn't actually get the job that I applied for. Um, and really, up to this point in my life, I haven't ever got a job I formally applied for from the open market, despite having a number of roles, a number of organisations, number of countries. Um, it's never really worked like that. It's always through through connections, through network, through you know, references and recommendations. Um, and in, in this instance actually they they saw something else in me and it, it was more around the people culture piece um and and doing a kind of change management initiative that that, that was a project that became a, a in the whole portfolio transformation mm. now this is a group that includes um Calagas, so you're dealing with a large brand you got some time in the head office right uh, you moved or relocated to to holland so again some really wonderful experiences a, a completely different context cross-cultural element, Holland and Spanish. I don't know if you had much chance to practice your Spanish. But again, did you take a lot from that experience? And how long were you with that group? And did you take a lot from that experience that you've still, you know, can leverage in the future? Oh, huge. Um, 
yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking over nine years, nearly 10 years of, of my life, my career. It was, um, you know, busy time in the UK, but but in a total national role, but doing project work and uh, line management work in, in operations quite full on. I also did, had a corporate function, setting up the PMO. Um, project it, management it, office, PMO, project management office, yeah? Yeah, sorry, because you can tell I'm very much still in the corporate. Too much MBA, too much MBA, bloody hell. But even that, I mean, yeah, there's so much into what, what that actually means. But um, my, my point is more that I had, I was really privileged to have lots of opportunities to do different roles in different functions. And and that, for me, was is the beauty of it, that richness of experience. You know, I'm quite a restless, curious person. Um, you know, I, I'm not one of those who could work out at 16 that I wanted profession X and that I was going to tailor all my decision making subsequently to become a doctor, a vet, a you know, a, a solicitor of some kind. Um, you know, I you just don't know. I don't you know, know enough about the world to do that. And, and it's been brilliant to be able to have opportunities within the security of an organisation that that sees potential as much as proven history track record. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that led to the the opportunities internationally um, to work for the the global group, which is just brilliant. I mean, it's you know. So to work cross culturally, to to see different business units, to try and work at the scale where you're trying to to, to eke out these these the commonalities, these sort of shared um, synergies, the the scale of the organisation to try and get people working together across languages, across borders, um, and technologies. And it, it has its challenges, sure. Um, but you know, if good people com- committed to it, um, you know, you build up real relationships and you achieve some success. Um, yeah, I had a fabulous time and, and would recommend it to anyone as the opportunity. But equally, I know on balance again, you know, that word you have to appreciate that does come with a cost. You know, you're away a lot, you're traveling a lot, you're away from family. Um, you know, it took, took a relationship toll, um, on me personally and took me away from my son who, who you know, lives with his mother back here in the UK. Um, and by definition, of course, the, the nature of project work is that it comes to an end. The, the project has a, a deliverable, it has a, an end date, you close it down and um, you know, change then then comes. And, and I was in this great position where I, I could take that redundancy package after nine or 10 years and um, come back here and, and sort of reconnect with myself, my a family, a community, and um, you know, take some time to work on my bucket list and, and my projects. Um, before then, more recently, going again, going back into the market and, and trying to find another corporate job. Well, very interesting. You say, you know, the degree of restlessness and uh, wanting to go to something else that you 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 like projects with a defined beginning and an end. You know, my dad certainly felt that uh, I was destined for a long term career in Barclays, but I left because A, it wasn't for me. B, you know, I wanted to see and try and do lots of new things. And every three or four years, I chose when to leave and move on. So it's quite interesting that we don't commit ourselves so much long-term to businesses. And I think they don't commit necessarily to us. So here you are, stellar career, nine years, great service. And, you know, the question arises, oh, Simon, we don't, we can't easily see the next position for you. It's um, it's a very different world, isn't it? Working world now. And certainly, you know, by now you're at middle management and, and, and high potential for moving up and it's not easy. But, so you took your second career break, you had some cash in the bank, um, you wanted to do some key key things. 
I think you set yourself about 12 months, coming to the end of that 12 months. So just what's been going through your mind in the last two or three months? Because I know you've spent some time and two or three rounds of intensive looking for the next opportunity. Yeah, so you know, it's, it's sort of a year of two halves, really. That the, um, the first months were an absolute privilege. Um, you know, being free of financial worry for a fixed period of time, free of you know, bosses, suppliers, customers, you know, all those pressures, the, the need to travel, always to be looking at, you know, the next train, plane, automobile, um, you know, particularly then through COVID, trying to manage all that remotely. It was a wonderful time. And, you know, I, I wrote that was the big thing that I wanted to do, uh, you know, sort of lifetime dream, ambition to, to get back to the words. I caught upon a lot of reading. I, you know, did some of the bigger things I wanted to do, like trying to learn to fly and learn to sail. I uh, got fit again, having you know the standard middle-aged international commuter kind of spread. Um, and then, yeah, but of course, I, I had I worked out that I'd had sort of twelve months money ultimately, but I'd give myself six months off um, and then start in earnest seeking something new. I, I have to admit, you know, sitting back now, I, I don't think I anticipated it would be quite as long a journey um, and quite as hard as it's been to to, to find work. Um, I you know I, I put a speculative application in quite early actually before my um my self imposed deadline because uh, because an opportunity came my way, um and instantly did very very well you know I went all the way through to final round this is a big FTSE one hundred company um all the noises all the mood music all around it were very very positive it felt like a great fit um and then I I think I fluffed the last round interview to be honest um but this whole process took three months. Because you're at a more senior level, it's a it's a it's a big organization in in a state of flux, I guess itself. So lots of moving parts, um, and you know, these things do take time. Um, so that was my sort of first shock was to you know don't ever count your chickens um, and still stay active in the market, still be very proactive in your networking, get in front of people, and and pushing your profile. Um, and then you know since then it's it's been it's been a grind, you know it's been work. Um, it's been you know, getting up every day and and putting the hours in researching companies, roles, opportunities, trying to you know, get in touch with people, trying to work out a connection through my network so that you can make an introduction. Because ultimately, that, that is still how these things work, although it's so much app based, so much online, so digital and, and algorithmic with the filters and things. Um, you know, people still hire people. People still want to you know, make decisions based on trust and and how better to, to trust somebody than to, to have them being a personal connection or, or connection of a connection, um, you know, associated with, with your professional organizations, perhaps, or, or former employers. Um, if that's realistically still how it works and even more so, I think, at the, at the senior levels. Um, mm. You know, tactically, you could argue I've been a bit naive because I mean, I'm 10 years out of date with this. And as I said earlier, I'm, I've never really done it. I didn't do it as a, as a graduate. Um, so I've probably not got those skills. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been so lucky that, you know, I've, I've had opportunities that have, that have come when I've been been busy doing things. Um, I mean, even in this instance, you know, two of the third parties of suppliers that I was dealing with talked to me very, very soon before I left the, the previous role about joining them. Um, but partly because I, you know, I sort of signed a, a gardening leave agreement that meant I couldn't talk to, to any of those for, for a number of months. Um, and partly because actually you know, I'd, I'd ended up in quite a niche world um, that I wanted to sort of step back from and, and, and rethink. You know, I wasn't ready to commit to that, so I, I didn't pursue that route. 
so in recent months has been a been a real education hmm. and it's as you say it's been a, a full-time job trying to get a full-time job and uh, a lot of rejections which affects the confidence now you know i'm thinking about some of our youngest uh, students here and those are traveling from abroad to come and study with us you know if you uh, at the prime of your you know age really in many ways uh, you know mid young middle age i mean in the mid 40s with all of the career experience you've got um eclectic though it might appear right how difficult it's been for you so what's it like for youngsters now you talked about the app how late in the process before you actually meet somebody who's got um, the people skills, the discretion, perhaps to appreciate the person behind what it says on the CV? So, you know, what what are some of your you know reflections here then on the process? Is, is, yeah. Are we moving in the wrong direction? I mean, uh, you know, are people skills more or less important because the whole AI and systems driven approach is really soul destroying. My kids, I've seen them go through it and, you know, they have to do these tests online. Then they have an online interview, which is very cold. You know, their personality, you struggle to get your personality, let alone your credentials through. No? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to say in that world. But if, if I sort of take two strands, the, the technical and the, the sort of psychological, um, yeah, that, that was a bit of a shock to me, some of that algorithmic stuff. Um, it took me a while to work out that I wasn't getting past an automatic filter. Um, that, um, you know, in the project world, there will often be, you know, specific qualifications that people are looking for, and there are a lot. Um, now, um, I didn't actually have any of those, despite having an MBA, despite having, you know, lots and lots of experience across you know, projects, programs, portfolio management. Um, now, it took me talking to a professional recruiter and um, you know, someone who, who coaches candidates at the senior level through through the market to understand that you know a computer will have a you know a quick scan of hundreds of CVs and profiles, and if you don't tick all the prerequisites in the job spec, then you're out the door, and you may not even hear about it. And if you if if you do, it'll be an automated email, um, which is just brutal, especially if you spent time thinking about it. You've customized your CV as you should. You've written a, a bespoke covering letter that, that that addresses these very points. You're just not going to get through. Now, I did hear of some terrible stories of people trying to game those algorithms, either through outright lying on their CV just to get through, um, or even putting hidden sort of subtext or metatext in, in the document so that any human reading it wouldn't see anything that's untrue, but the computer does. So you get through, you know, and, and that sort of thing, oh, my heart sank when I started learning about those tricks because that's really not me that's not aligned my values at all and depresses me about the whole gamification of, of what is a very serious and important market mm. but then the the advice that i received was well no but you, you have to overcome that on the personal side you've got to be proactive you've got to get in front of that so you know if you find a role in a company an opportunity that you, that you like you need to connect with the recruiter but ideally you need to find out who the hiring manager is and connect with them because they'll be the decision maker um, you know, you're at a senior level, so you've got to be leading this process. You can't, mm. you know, you've got to exhibit that in your conduct through the process is that, you know, you want to lead it. And before you fired off a CV, you want a conversation with somebody and you have your questions to ask them personally and, and then about the organization, the opportunity. And through that, you can then feather in the key messages that you want, such that you almost bypass that algorithm up front that you get, get past it. Um, now, that's not so easy at a more junior level. Um, I don't suppose, and that's not something I've really thought about in detail, but it, it's what ended up you know, working for me is at the very least connect with 
job posters on LinkedIn or or other you know leading websites to to establish that rapport and that understanding that they're looking for your CV up front. Because apparently, I um slight aside actually, and forgive me for this, but I've experienced this year in the online dating world as well, which um, has been an interesting experience at 43, doing that for the first time in my life. And um, there are certain parallels you can draw between the two. Um, and, and one of my assumptions in that, and a, and a lot of anecdotal evidence from other people, was that it's a numbers game, that you need to get, get out there on a number of apps. You need to swipe right or equivalent with it as many as, as you can and have lots and lots of conversations in order to find the one you need know, to, to find those connections because it's not just going to come your way and i'd assumed and and you know, seeing other advice that that will be similar in the job market that you need to get on all the um recruiting sites all the all the job sites you need to get your cv out there a, a lot and so that you know eventually the law of, of averages percentages means that your your profile will be spotted and and, and you know opportunities will start coming your way mm. but it doesn't work like that at all actually it's the inverse of that your cv is out there too much people start asking some serious questions. You know, why is this? Why is this person coming up in all my searches? You know, are they covering themselves too thinly? Are they, are they, they don't know what they want. Are they desperate for a role? Why are they out of work? And I think that's the same in data, isn't it? You know, people are suspicious. You know, why, why are you at this stage? Are you, I know you in the market and your profile is suddenly too good to be true. And, and you know, it, it, it doesn't work like, like that at all. You're much better off being, being targeted and kind of, sniper approach rather than a shotgun approach very interesting parallel there i wonder if there's any academic studies done on it uh, the, the the similarities between uh, dating and executive um, search and recruitment i mean you know we are talking about matchmaking we are talking about trying to get the right fit the chemistry which comes in quite late the, the other thing that always struck me over the years as somebody with well i've been described everything from a rabbit brain because i like to spend a lot of a little bit of time on lots of things well, if you look at a T, you know, the crossbar, but there are people who are really good at the, 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 the drop-down bar, right? They're deep into something and, uh, you know, people abroad. And you used to see so many adverts would say, oh, we're looking for somebody who can think outside the box and somebody that can challenge and somebody can be innovative. And you think, oh, that's me. I think outside the box. I've got experience with transferable skills. And then you go to your dismay to find that they just want somebody who's done the, the, that job somewhere else and just slot right in. So this thinking outside the box seems to be fictitious in many ways, many cases. Yeah. I, I mean, there, there's so much evidence. There's certain industries as well, particularly that, that are closed off, you know, that, and it's particularly frustrating in my world, which is about change. You know, mm. you're trying to talk about transformation, about building a new future. And yet organizations only really want to, to, to recruit from within, which, which just seems an inherent contradiction to me as sort of doomed to fail from the outset. Um, and you you see a lot of this stuff, yeah, the, the, the kind of language that you're talking about, um, you know, lateral thinking and, and all sorts of other transferable skills. You, know, you see those are lots of job descriptions. Um, but actually, I think when it push comes to shove, it's not really what um, companies are after. Um, and I think you know, even if you were to get the role, I think there'd be resistance to that you know, internally, if you try to think too differently and try to shake it up too much. Um, yeah. I think there's, a, but it's also about risk and trust, isn't it? That, you know, it, it's a very difficult in the, in the context, particularly of the diversity drive in, in the modern world, because how do you really remove the bias from these things? I mean, ultimately cutting through what, a lot of the, the politics of that, what interests me is 
diversity of thought, which mm. comes to your point around you know, thinking laterally, thinking outside the box. Um, I think yeah, that's the most important thing in, in a corporate environment is to allow you know, different perspectives, different ideas, other creativity to come in. And and on the basis, that, you know, the more ideas, the, the, the more challenge and difference, the, the better the quality of, of what is agreed and decided, you know, ultimately. Whereas actually human nature is, is sort of the opposite, isn't it? That things that, that we're not used to, we don't see, we, we don't think we're, we're uncomfortable with, and we actually feel a lot happier, a lot um, more... You know, we're going to trust somebody from our own tribe a lot more than than not um, instinctively. We're making a big decision, you know, potentially a big salary, a big big sign on fee for a recruiter. Um, you know, a manager is not want to get going to want to get those decisions wrong. Um, mm. And and in order to minimise the risk of doing it wrong, we'll probably you know, revert a type and we'll want to find somebody who has done this role in a similar organisation in the same industry somewhere else. And you've got yeah. a proven track record of delivering this in the past, so you, know, you will get to do it in the future. Yeah. Um, which is nonsense, really, when you think about it, because, you know, the best people will not be looking for sideways moves. Right. Absolutely. And it does stifle uh, innovation. And I think it's quite interesting you mentioned that just as you were saying it, I was thinking about uh, EDI or equality, diversity and inclusion. You know, if you as a, as a talented uh, stellar career, white middle aged man are struggling, goodness me. How how much are, are women coming back into the workforce, perhaps after after? Um, motherhood or or um, people from different backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, you know, you, you can definitely see some challenges here. And, and if we're always going for what we know, um, we are potentially limiting ourselves in terms of innovation and um, potentially productivity as well. Now, just but that's a whole that's a whole other topic, and maybe we should devote a, a show to to this EDI uh, or diversity and inclusion as well. But um, just to go back, then it is a happy ending. So you do have now you've landed yourself a nice job, albeit for a fixed period. Um, so dare I ask you to tell us a little bit about that, but also uh, what's what's happening on the dating scene as well. So have have, have both these app driven processes led to some success by the year end to celebrate over Christmas big pregnant pause and uh, yes yeah happily <laughs> I can report that, that that both are going well but not necessarily in the app driven way um that actually a lot of the failure in the dating a lot of failure in the in the job search was the pure modern app driven digital stuff um one of the words you might be familiar with um in the sort of modern lexicon of all this stuff is ghosting which is this in in human terms is is this this habit of just stopping talking all of a sudden with no explanation no announcement just just rudely just disappearing mm. um not responding to messages um you know, becoming a ghost and um yeah that that happens a lot unfortunately it's odd, odd as it is difficult to understand um and it also seems to happen in you know in, in career terms you know, I've seen it in experienced it myself several times um even with quite sophisticated people organizations recruiters um, they just stop talking to you. Um, they stop responding to messages, and I, I, I kind of understand it. I'm pragmatic about it because you know, these are very busy people, and if you're suddenly not the the golden boy who's highly likely to get job X and earn them fee Y, then you know they've got other people to focus on. Lots of other people demanding their time. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, a fairly depressing experience in many ways. But actually, they. they the outcome on both has been very happy, but for, for different reasons that you know, on the dating scene, you know, an old fashioned introduction from a, of a mutual acquaintance nine months ago has led to you know a very, very happy year and you know really optimistic for the future. 
And Excellent. similarly, not quite the same, but similarly in, in, the, in the job side, it seems to be my my network through the MBA and, and through sort of former colleagues and connections. Um, you know, I've secured an opportunity with a, with a Birmingham-based business um, that has treated me wonderfully throughout the whole process. It's been a complete sea change. Um, they've you know, done exactly what they've said they would do. Um, the process has, has gone uh, you know, as you'd expect. In fact, they, they've, they've responded earlier than, than they'd committed, which I think was unique in my kind of six, seven months of, of being in the market. Um, I mean, obviously it helps if you are the, the, the preferred candidate and, and you, you, know, you are going to get an offer, as I indeed did. Yeah. But um, you know, I was really impressed by that, and it was a nice balance. Going back to my my word um, of you know a very structured process, very formal. You know, HR involved all the way through, structured, competency based interview questions, a psychometric profile online. You know, a follow up interview based on on that work that really dug into you know how I behave in a work context and about my strengths and preferences. But it was done with a warm, friendly tone, a very sort of human, um, you know empathetic and supportive uh you know, mood and, and, and culture and it gave me such a you know a good feeling about an organization and and it it properly contradicted any any cynicism and any sort of jadedness in me from my recent experiences it gives me real hope and optimism going in the future so so yeah so i'm, I'm in the sort of offer phase um with with that organization and, and really excited about what 2024 is going to bring Fantastic. Well, a happy ending just before Christmas. What more could we ask for? Ask for it. it does sound like a Richard Curtis film, doesn't it? In many ways, we've got we've had love actually in there, some dating. We've had the harsh reality of you know mid career changes, and sometimes when you want them, sometimes when you don't want them, and how hard it is to get back onto that ladder. Uh, Simon, thank you so much for taking the time and trouble to share those insights. I'm sure there'll be many people at different levels. I don't think this is only at uh, you know m- mid career level or, or mid mid management level, but I'm. I'm sure all of us are, you know, just about managing managing our career, finding that place, and being treated with basic humanity is so so important. MBA should be, and I think we do try to focus a lot on soft skills. I'm not always sure that businesses have been applying them as well as they could. So if you're running a business, ask yourself, look in the mirror: Are you handling people issues humanely, even those that you're intending to recruit and you're not necessarily taking the next stage? And of course, for those of you that might be looking for a job at this time, well, don't give up. It's a numbers game. You've got to put some time and effort in. But, you know, the door, there's always the next opportunity. The door will open some way when we have to believe that. So, Simon, Simon Gilchrist, thank you so much indeed. Keep safe, keep well, keep up the good work. Good luck next year and Merry Christmas.